0: you're listening to from fear to love i'm your host alma lee joy is your birthright you are entitled to live a life joyfully healing who needs it why do they need it what does it look like and how do you heal people who have experienced any form of trauma at any point In their life people who have been hurt injured abandoned suffered loss that's the trauma and you need to heal from it why why should people heal you know when you've made it this far in life what's the point right I mean it happened so long ago why should you dig into the past and, and you know look at it it's like you know a lot of times people don't understand that the things that you experienced in your childhood if you don't properly process yeah, you're, you're, gonna, you're going to navigate life, period. No ifs, ands, or buts. You're going to figure it out. You're going to figure out adaptive ways of working through your problems. Here's the thing about healing is that if you don't heal and you develop that emotional scar tissue and you develop a very thick veneer, a protection, a bubble, if you will, of yourself, it's going to prevent you from having healthy interactions with other people uh, authentically from a place of vulnerability and it prevents intimacy. It'll protect you though. It'll keep you from getting hurt. It'll keep you from getting triggered. But it's also going to keep you from that joy that is your birthright. The, you know, why do people need to heal? The the same reason you need surgery and physical therapy after a, a after you break your leg. You know, when you break your leg, you need to go to physical therapy. Maybe you need surgery, you know, crisis intervention. You need something to stop the bleeding, set the bone, do whatever you need to do in the immediate process of that. And then later on, you need to go to physical therapy to regain your strength, your flexibility, and your mobility, your ability to move around on your terms. That's why you need physical therapy. If you've ever experienced physical therapy, you know that it's not a pleasant experience. It's painful, especially the longer you wait and your body learns how to heal itself as a means of survival, you develop scar tissue. So if you go to physical therapy long after the wound, the injury has healed, then you might need to have surgery just to reset the bone just to get it, get it right. Maybe it maybe it healed in an incorrect way. Aha, yes. Emotions can heal incorrectly as well. But you need to go through physical therapy. And if you have scar tissue, that scar tissue has to be, you know, broken up so that you do have the ability to move, you're flexible, you have that ability to be independent without uh, the unnecessary reliance on other people. It's all about creating independence so that you can make decisions without implication or expectation of needing someone else to do things for you. So that when you have those relationships with other people, they're by choice and not by necessity, which is healthy. So why do you need to heal? Well, just like the the broken leg, you you know when your emotions are damaged, when you are Traumatized when you get triggered because of your trauma, when you have post-trauma stress, you need to heal in order to regain control over your emotions, your cognitions. And that in and of itself will cultivate the foundation for your development of your self-confidence or to regain your self-confidence. To provide you with the opportunity to overcome your fears. You know, when you experience a trauma, it can be terrifying. And it can be terrifying to embark upon a healing journey because if you don't know what's to happen, if you don't know what to expect, that can be terrifying because what if it's another trauma? You don't trust your environment. When you heal, you learn, you you grow, you develop a skill set that's healthy. You learn to connect with others in a healthy functional way. Let's say you're a little kid and you're traumatized as a little kid and you grow up, your personality is developed based upon the cognition that you're worthless, right? Because your environment as a child was conducive to making you feel bad. Feel bad about yourself, feel bad about who you are, feel bad about your appearance, You're teased, taunted, bullied, put down, you know, made to feel like you don't fit in, like you're not worth the same as everyone else. And all of that nastiness evolves into your personality traits where you believe that, even as an adult, you might not think it consciously, but if you haven't healed, if you haven't spoken to a professional and worked through a lot of that junk and relearn your cognitions, then everything about how you move through life is colored in your belief set that you're worthless. And that's where triggers happen. So if you believe you're worthless and somebody is cutting you off in traffic, that can be a trigger. That can be a trigger because it triggers that part of you that believes that you're worthless. So that person's cutting you off in traffic because they can see that you're worthless. And so you become enraged because that person has touched on that cognition of self through their behavior when they're just running late and they and maybe they're triggered. Maybe they're scared they're going to lose their job or scared they're going to get in trouble when they get home or, you know, they slept late and... You know, they just don't really care about your feelings. And it's not personal, but it's just that they don't care. They're just trying to take care of what they need to take care of for themselves. So when we disentangle those triggers and we learn what they mean logically and we lay them out in front of us, we can understand logically why people do what they do and it's not personal. When you heal, you are far less likely to take those perceived infringements in your day-to-day activities As a personal insult, as personal injury. Don't you get exhausted being constantly triggered and every issue, every problem, every conflict that you embark upon as an adult when you are unhealed just absolutely erupts into chaos. It erupts into a point of contention and hostility and anger and maybe you project and blame and, and gaslight and yell and scream because that other person triggered you. If this sounds like something that you've done, you gotta give yourself some grace. You've got to be patient with yourself. Understanding why you are acting the way you do is key. Number one. Number one. So, what does it look like when you heal? What is, that, what is a snapshot of healing for the person who has experienced trauma of any kind? Well, for an example, the ability to fall asleep and rest peacefully instead of having trauma-induced insomnia or nightmares. Sound familiar? Healing looks like you gain the ability to have healthy conflict with loved ones, without those arguments without it always devolving into utter chaos if you are unable to have a healthy debate with a loved one who has an opposing opinion who or somebody who is offering um you know constructive criticism about you or something you're doing or not doing and you are unable to receive that peacefully and thoughtfully because it is a trigger to that cognition of self, you need heal. You need healing because it is important, it's critical, and it's vital for us to be able to have healthy conflict and, de- and debate with other people. And furthermore, it is critical that we are able to have healthy conflict and debate with people who do not treat us respectfully. Aha. That has been my point of evolution personally. Because when I feel disrespected, when I feel that someone does not treat me the way I feel I deserve to be treated, I have responded with hostility and anger and toxicity because it's a trigger of mine. And it's also a trigger of many of my clients who, you know, that is their point of breakdown where they get treated disrespectfully and they just blow up. Because they were disrespected as children. They were not seen. They were not valued. They were not loved and adored the way children, that, that love and that value of self deserves to be reinforced. And if it doesn't happen, then you sort of make a maybe a nonverbal contract with yourself as a child that when I grow up, I'm not putting up with this shit. And that is where a lot of that anger comes from is that you are taking care of your inner child. You're protecting your inner child as an adult. And that inner child is not healed That inner child is going to constantly be controlling every interaction with you, with other people as an adult, and it prevents you from being able to properly manage and govern your emotional state. It allows other people to sort of come up at whim and pull your puppet strings and dictate to you what kind of day you're going to have because you're all over the place because you're unhealed it's important. So healing what it looks like, you know, forgiveness of yourself and others. When we are hurt, we have a tendency to act in hurtful ways. It's a byproduct of survival mentality. It really truly is. When you are floating out at sea and you're just trying to keep your your head above water, you are going to grab at anything or anyone that's in your circle and use that as a means of keeping your head afloat just so you can breathe. In relationships, when you're unhealed and you're in survival mode, just like the potential drowning person in that scenario, you're going to grab onto anything in your circle as a means of keeping your head afloat. And that can come out, that can, you know, manifest as projections, attacks, chaos, you know, toxic behaviors. Manipulation is a big one. I see that a lot. To manipulate other people into feeling bad about themselves as a means of making yourself feel better is equivalent to reaching out and grabbing someone else in the water, pushing them down just to hold yourself up, just for a couple, just to get a couple more breaths. And that's no way to live because you deserve to live your life joyfully. Joy is your birthright. Joy is your birthright. Don't ever forget that. Maintain focus on the fact that you deserve to live your life joyfully. That doesn't mean you're always going to have your head in the clouds. Of course not. I'm not being ridiculous over here. (laughs) But it does mean that you have the capacity to receive joy and to experience joy without the encumbrance of constantly being in a survival mentality. Understanding your past grievances and forgiveness of yourself. Knowing why you did what you did logically looking at it and being fully accountable for your past behaviors, incorporating changed behaviors with the understanding that you did what you did as a means of survival. And you do that and you're accountable to your past grievances and you do and say the things that you need to in order to attempt to repair those connections if other people have been affected by your adverse projections towards them. So you're accountable and you hold space for that. But you got to do so without beating yourself up. You cannot go through life telling yourself I'm a piece of shit because I did this you're not a piece of shit you're a human being who's fallible you're a human being who had to exist in a state of uh, survival mentality for a time until you healed and when you healed part of that process is being accountable for past behaviors acknowledging those past behaviors taking full responsibility for your past behaviors understanding and respecting why you did what you did expressing apologies to any people that were affected doing everything you can without an expectation of a reward or some form of external validation or gratification from the people that you are, you know, expressing your accountability to, changing your behaviors, holding space for your new self and moving forward without beating yourself up and letting it go is the biggest part of your healing journey. It really truly is. You got to understand why you did what you did. You have to be able to see yourself As whole. You have to look at yourself as a whole person. You can't look at yourself as your trauma. You can't look at yourself as past behaviors. If you are evolving and you are healing and growing, you have to see yourself as such. You have to accept it fully without reservation. That's what healing looks like. You have to acknowledge yourself, giving yourself the time and love that you would give anyone else. You have to pour into yourself first. You got to come to terms with the fact that something happened to you and how that event, that trauma, that experience, no matter how horrible, somebody treated you poorly, someone used you, abused you, treated you like crap. You have to understand and come to terms with the understanding that what happened to you whenever it happened is absolutely unequivocally no reflection of your value or your worth. You have to understand that that is what healing looks like. You have to understand that whatever happened to you, whenever it happened to you, no matter how horrible it was, that it was only a circumstance of convenience and chance. That's it. That's why that happened to you. It was a circumstance of convenience and chance. Your trauma happened to you because of a circumstance. Think about that. Irrelevant to what your person, your abuser, whoever that was that harmed you, if it was another person, if it was a specific individual who traumatized you over time, irrelevant to what they may have told you. They may have told you that they're doing what they're doing to you because of your worthlessness or you're a piece of shit or whatever. People who injure other people have no voice. Their words do not matter. Their insults and injuries and attacks are irrelevant to the worth of the person they are injuring. It's all a vacuum of toxicity and it has, it has no legitimate value. It's unfortunate You have to understand that. You have to understand that despite what you endured, either at the hands of another person or the universe, if you will, you are and remain whole and complete. Irrelevant to what you've experienced. You are a whole and complete person. Understanding that is part of your healing journey. That's what healing looks like. Healing means to understand that you're not a reflection of what happened to you. You are not a reflection of your wounds. You are not your trauma when you heal, you're better rested. You learn how to treat yourself better. You live a life, uh, a healthy lifestyle. When you're healed, you look at what you're consuming, food, water, social media, information, people, relationships, all of that. It's an evolution of an inventory of what you are consuming what are you bringing into your space whether the food that you're eating the drink that you are consuming the time that you are investing with other people how beneficial and how healthy are those actions when you heal you do an inventory and you assess those appropriately and you look at what you're doing and how you're investing your time and your energy. And what you are allowing in, into your body, into your space, into your, your spirit, what you're connecting to, what you're plugging into, and what you're allowing to plug into you. That is part of your healing journey. And you'll know your worth. When you are really into the healing journey, you will learn what you're worth. Despite what you've been groomed to believe about yourself, you'll learn. And and there is no end in goal, um, in healing. There are only points of evolution where you get to the top of the mountain, if you will, (laughs) and you look across and you see the next mountain that you need to climb. And there will be pits and and peaks and valleys in that process. You will, you will have bad days. It's not just a straight shot to, you know, up you, you will, you will trip and fall. You'll stumble along the way, but you got to give yourself the same grace that you would give a loved one because you love yourself because that's what healing looks like when you heal you love yourself and when you learn to love yourself you embrace the opportunity for joy because joy is your birthright you know when you heal you're not always getting triggered by people places or events you can assess them logically you can look at them you can observe them without them having access to you because now instead of the ego bubble now you have healthy boundaries Now you have a a healthy filter of what you allow in, as opposed to blocking everything when you're unhealed, where you don't allow any, any healthy challenges in. You don't allow any healthy people because you are blocking everything. That's the unhealed space. It's a boundary. It's just not a healthy one. When you heal, you learn that you are entitled to enforce those boundaries, And you're not so consumed and driven by external validation from other people and allowing yourself to be manipulated by other people because they see that you feed off of the external validation you get from other people when you are unhealed. When you heal, you're not looking so much for that external validation as a means of finding your worth because you've already found it. You know what you're worth. So that doesn't hold as much value. So you're able to enforce those healthy boundaries. And you don't worry about it when people judge you for it because you realize that in enforcement of those healthy boundaries, what they're saying to you is simply because they have been inconvenienced by your boundaries, which is the purpose of having boundaries to begin with. That's what healing looks like. When you're healing, when you're on that journey, you also develop an understanding of what it looks like in other people when they haven't healed. You recognize unhealed behaviors in other people. And it'll make you sad too because you will be experiencing your own joy and you want to share that. You'll want to share that, especially when you interact with people who behave in unhealthy ways, people who treat you poorly, who aren't where you are in the evolution. And maybe you can see underneath it. Maybe you can see the potential. You can see their potential for joy and you can see their potential for greatness and you can see their potential for finding their purpose, but you've got to be very very careful to not allow yourself to get pulled into that. Because the only thing that you can really focus on is your own journey. And the awareness of self that comes with that. And to understand that fixing other people is a, you know, it's a stubborn, (laughs) it's something that sticks around the codependency sticks around. Um, If you're a codependent person, and you're going through your healing journey, that's going to be a hard one is to pull your energy back from trying to help and fix everybody around you. Because that's a that's a need for external validation. When we help other people, we derive a huge sense of validation in that. Uh, ding, ding, ding. Hello. Pot, meat, kettle. <laughs> I'm a therapist because I, I derive an enormous amount of satisfaction in helping people. And I know that's where a lot of that came from in my need and my desire to become a therapist. But helping people is not a bad thing. That's not what I'm saying. Helping people is a wonderful thing when it is received when it is received and when that purpose is founded, when that person is receiving it, when they welcome it. But you can't just go around and allow your emotional energy to be poured into every single person that you meet that is traumatized and who has not experienced their own healing journey. You can't. When you heal, you change your behaviors. You treat others with the kind of empathy, respect, kindness, and compassion that you deserve. You express that. You are far less likely of engaging in manipulative and maladaptive behaviors with other people as a reason to meet your needs from a survival mentality. When you heal, it is the equivalent of getting out of the water. Getting out of the water where you're struggling to breathe and you're drowning you get you make it to shore you know and you're sitting on the shore and you're you know maybe your feet are still in the water but you can breathe and that is what healing looks like is you're no longer in the survival state. So when you're not in the survival state, you're far less likely to reach out, project, injure, jab, manipulate those people around you as a need, as a means to get your needs met. That's what healing looks like. You learn to give and you learn to receive love with transactional equanimity. In other words, you give and receive love equally. It's balanced. You're with people who are like-minded, who are at the same point in their healing journey, who give and receive your love as well. And it's transactional, it's back and forth, it's um it's even. It's it's, you know, a yin and a yang. There's a balance to it. It's not offset. It's not imbalanced. It's not you pouring and pouring into someone else hoping for just a glimmer of some reciprocity, some return on your investment. Those unhealthy and toxic connections where you are constantly struggling and striving to just gain a little bit of momentum in that relationship if only that person would just see how good you are and they don't appreciate it, so you give more of what they already don't appreciate. And those toxic exchanges, those don't exist anymore when you heal. They can't. You you can't exist in that space when you value yourself, when you see your worth, you're you become impatient with those types of uneven transactional type relationships that are unequal, that are uneven, unfair. So you learn. That's what healing looks like. And you learn to live with authenticity. You learn how to be fully accountable, like I was saying earlier, without the self-deprecation. But most importantly, you learn how to love yourself first without expecting others to do it for you. And that is actually the first step in all of this, is learning to love yourself. It is one of the hardest things in the world for a small child to be deeply wounded in the belief set and the cognition that develops that I'm just going to have to, you know, eek my way through life and, and minimize and mute myself to the point where nobody will see me because I'm not worth being seen. Because why on earth would somebody treat me as badly as they treated me unless it was because I was a piece of shit? So the, you know, little kids get tied up in that and they get consumed with that belief set. And when you heal, you reframe that into a cognition of self-love where you are able to identify your wounded child and you talk to your wounded child and you readdress and reaffirm the circumstances you existed in were that were just a consequence. It was chance and it wasn't anything to do with you. Healing resets your ability to live your life joyfully. My first experience of joy that gave me a, a snapshot was Christmas morning, 1987, Christmas morning, I got up and I had a, uh, a baby blue 1987 Yamaha Raz scooter, Riva Raz scooter, it was light blue. And a bunch of the kids in my school had gotten these scooters because there was a new motorcycle shop that opened up in town and all the kids wanted scooters. But I remember getting on that scooter and I remember cranking it up and I remember driving it down the driveway And I remember the weather. The weather, it was a chilly, overcast, kind of a wet day, but it wasn't really raining too much. And I remember zipping up and down the streets in my suburb, the little neighborhood that I lived in where I grew up. And I just remember the way that the helmet held my head. You know, it was kind of tight. It was brand new. And I remember the smell of the plastic, the smell of the plastic, and it... Just anytime I smell that smell, it takes me back to that morning. And I just realized how badly I wanted to leave. And that scooter represented a change. I had the ability to leave. I could just go. And the freedom that came with that really sparked a sense of joy in me. And it continued to provide joy for me. For long after that, when I would drive, I would drive all over. I would drive that thing 30 miles away to go to see my girlfriend out out in a different whole town, 30 miles away, blocking traffic, zipping along at 35 miles an hour, and going to see my friend in a whole other town on my scooter. I think I was like 14 when I did that. It's crazy. You deserve to live your life joyfully. You deserve to heal. You deserve the opportunity to recognize Your behaviors and how they are a detriment to your relationships, you deserve an opportunity to live authentically, to be accountable, to grow, and to reclaim your value and your worthiness. And I promise you this much you embark on that journey of healing, it is going to change everything. 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 Hell, even your food tastes better. When you heal and you can sleep at night without the guilt and the shame that you know just covers up everything in your life and you get rid of all that emotional filth and you learn how to fill your own cup and learn how to fill the cup of those around you my god the only thing you're going to do is go up and you're going to live your life joyfully and with purpose and conviction. From fear to love, this has been an LBM production. Please like, subscribe, and share this show. Thanks for listening.